Welcome back to Stories Out of Time and Space. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I'm joined by Julian Darius. Julian, how are you doing? You okay? I'm doing uh, just fine. I'm wondering uh, what contest I want to get on the show. Yes, I'm wondering what talent I can give up for to get on the, um, whatever this is. What's it called? Hot Shots? Uh, yes. Yes, we are on to episode two of Black Mirror, 15 Million Merits. Um set in a world where people's lives consist of riding exercise bikes, or at least some people do. Uh, and each of those, while you're pedaling, you earn merits, which is, I suppose, your wages. Um, and then our main character, Bing, meets a woman who's got a wonderful talent for singing and so gives up 15 million of his merits for her to enter this uh, hot shots, which is like a talent competition, much like the X Factor and, and the voice and all those kinds of things. Um, and unfortunately, the whole situation then gets twisted from there. Uh, starting some some big, you know, bigger names, well, not bigger names, but more recognisable names from my point of view. Um, young Daniel uh, Kaluuya, um, mm-hmm. who would go on to sort of start lots of things, including obviously with um... oh, your man does the Twilight Zone now, <laughs> Peel Rob. Yeah, Jordan Peele is is you know is a fan of his. Um, Rupert Everett turns up in this as Julia Davis, who's a bit more of a British um, star, I think, um, and some others. So, anyway, what were your thoughts then? Initial thoughts on fifteen million merits. Um, I like this better than I do the previous one. Um, I think that. I, you know, I still have some problems with it. Um, I don't know. Um, it, it's a it's a good episode. I I think that I I would say that the ending, which I didn't, I sort of remember this episode from watching mm. it before. But I think this time the ending struck me as basically exactly right, um, mm. and that it was you know really got stuff right in a way that it didn't. In the previous episode, the, the previous mm. episode I found so unbelievable and just like fundamentally wrong about human nature. And this episode I thought was fundamentally right about human nature. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. This is this is definitely a stronger episode. Um, and I think casting it completely in sort of like a, a science fiction um world and an enclosed world works better um taking away some of that sort of real world elements i think actually works better for this story um you know it made me think of like things we've done in a similar situation like uh, thx um you know this similar thing of a world where you just throw it into it and you sort of pick up the you know what they're doing as you go um mundane tasks and controlled media um you know being made to watch certain things and that sort of thing is uh tropes of all those um well and that will happen i mean that mm. that's sort of like we've detected you've turned away from the screen um obviously that we're that's going to happen pretty pretty shortly here right oh um, yeah yeah well yeah. the fact the fact that like the one of the things i loved i thought was interesting is that thing of um him sort of sat playing his computer games or something else. And then the advert comes on and, um, you know, he says, you know, skip. Yeah. I want to skip this. What's going to cost you to skip the advert. And you go, well, we've already got that. Cause you, you know, think of YouTube or you have to buy a premium mm. subscription to, to avoid the adverts or any, any tablet or phone game, you know, that is just absolutely 
littered with adverts and pop-ups at every opportunity. And if you want to get past them, you know, every time you press to pop to get past them, the the ability to download it pops up and you just like, oh, I'll just sit through this for 30 seconds. So yeah, right, we're not that far far off a lot of this anyway. Um yeah, and, and the idea of paying to skip, right? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not sure if YouTube premium was out by then. But, you know, one thing that this does really look forward to is, um, I mean, it was going on a bit at the time, but it does really anticipate this sort of subscription-based mm. uh, fee to upgrade minor little things, uh, especially in gaming. So, yeah. you know, I know that you're not a, a big video gamer, but this is just routine now that you might have a number of options available to you, but to get the hair that you want, to get the outfit that you want, you know, all of that's going to cost money. Um, So, you know, the game is free, or even in some cases you pay for the game, Mm. but you have to earn or pay additional things to get these outfits that you want for your avatar. Um, So this really anticipated, uh, anticipated that, and the sort of complaint about, why are you spending money on these things that aren't real? And obviously we've seen, we've all seen news reports of kids who have blown $10,000 or a hundred thousand dollars of their parents' money on imaginary products, right? Like yeah. things that only exist in, uh, on a video game server. Well, oh, well, so you're right. I'm not a, a big gamer, but, um, Ellie, my daughter, she loves, uh, Roblox. You know, mm-hmm. it's an online sort of app, and it's got a whole bunch of different kinds of games in there. And she can do the same; like she can buy things for her avatar, or I don't know, she's got like some sort of digital pet in there, and some other stuff. And like she's forever been like, "Oh, can I get some Robux?" Like they've literally got a currency for you to buy things. Now, obviously, you're going to buy the Robux, but like it's there. Like you say, I've seen it. Like you say, I see it firsthand. It's that I, I think it's kind of baffling. Um. But I also seen, you know, more recently, I've seen news stories of um, people that have, as a joke or out of frustration, deleted other people's, um, let's say, their digital hoard, their digital possessions, and it resulting in not like, real world violence where they've just done, and you, oh, say, yeah. you know, and they go, like, well, they never really existed. They go, well, yes, they did. Um, and I suppose this comes to the fad of NFTs as well, this idea of a digital thing having a receipt or whatever. But I, I, I see what you're saying. Like This episode really does weird me out for that. Yeah. And, you know, that stuff is sort of mind-blowing. And, and I have – I mean, I can't stand this kind of subscription, you know, app culture yeah. and, you know, all of this. But, you know, I have on occasion said, like, oh, okay, I'd pay $10 for, you know, these – you know g1 skins for the transformers in a game or something you know okay um and i've done that but then i feel really weird afterward <laughs> you know and i need to like go walk in a forest to like, feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm in a reality you know um yeah and and i like the the sort of like the system of gestures and the sort of wall covered in mm-hmm. in ipad sort of screens and i love that stuff and um but the, the the irony is, I'd be quite comfortable in this reality. I think compared <laughs> to a lot of people. I think, yeah, there's an interesting. Well, the thing is, one of the things I find interesting about this is, again, like you ask, there's, there's information that is drip fed to you throughout mm. the thing. You don't really get to see the the outside world. But basically, these people live and work and whatever in a power station. Like that is what they are doing. Like they are there. Uh, the cycling that they are doing is generating electricity. It said later on, like how he's they're they're basically powering all the lights and all these other things when he goes on hot shots. Mm-hmm. You go, okay, well, that's an interesting idea. So they've dealt with the idea of fossil fuels by replacing it with this, like you say, this mundane life. But I also like it as like I say, it's a metaphor for the rat race, isn't it? Like you literally get up to work to live to do. Mm-hmm. The next day, and everything else in between is just a distraction from you going back to jumping on the cycle. Um, which and you know, when these reality shows, the X Factor, Pop Idol, Voice, whatever else they are, started to sort of appear, you know, Britain's Got Talent, is obviously all those sort of things. 
Mm. When they pop up, it is that shortcut. It's seen that shortcut out of the rat race. Um, and so I, I, mm. I like. I think this is a much cleaner metaphor and a much cleaner theme than that first episode. And I think it's you know it's it's neater, but not and, it, and not as you know. I think the heavy hand is the first episode. Um, yeah, you're right. No, uh, and it was it was written first, by the way. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, yeah, because I, I I think a lot of that works. There's still there's still a few clunky bits where you've got um, the judges on the uh, the hot shots are called Judge Hope, Judge Charity, and Judge Wraith. Um, which yeah, you know, Wraith stands out there as not belonging to the others, but he's the one who runs the pornography channels. Yes. Which is also a recent addition to the show, right? It's it's like these shows where they change up the judges slightly every every season or something. Yeah, and they actually say that, and they say, "Oh, but we've had singers, mm-hmm. lots of singers last year. We're trying for something different this year." Um, and and so yeah, I I, I like all this. I like all the, I don't know what to call it, the framework that's being put into this episode. I think it all works really well. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I would agree, and, and I think that the the thing that irritates me the most is the bicycles providing energy. This is not a very you know it, we've had unfortunately a million discussions about this post Matrix, yes. where you know the human body is not an efficient energy producer, right? Yeah, um, you know, build a hydroelectric dam and save yourself the expense of this entire system. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a little silly. But the, the other thing that I think of is, and I love what you're saying about the rat race um, and sort of how we, we go to work and we, you know, barely get ahead. And especially today, we, we work and we struggle to, you know, get a few credits ahead. And then we wind up blowing those on McDonald's or on, you know, entertainment or on virtual currency or whatever it is to entertain us and get us through the doldrums and on to the next day of soul crushing work. Yeah. Well, um, I think, I think the thing is that, yeah, you, cause it's that thing the character Dustin, who's the obnoxious mm. um, cyclist. Mm-hmm. He sort of represents, he's the one that obviously represents the, the vast majority. And there's obviously there's the, uh, the, the ginger guy as well. Um, yeah. It's just called Colin. Um, and it's this idea of, like you say, they're buying different things for their avatar. He's constantly subscribing to pornography or different shows and all this other stuff. Like he's just there going, yeah, like my life's not so bad. I get to sit on this cycle all day, but I get to watch things or play games and do all this other stuff. Like he's kind of satisfied with, with that. Like he has, he's reached his sort of, I don't say potential, but he is comfortable in that thing. And, and, you know, is he has what he needs. He's able to, he doesn't want to acknowledge there's a better because he's able to look down on the cleaners, um, you know, and oh, yeah. um, and be horrible to those whilst doing his bit. So he's like, well, I'm in a position of somewhat of not power, but seniority or whatever. And I get to do these things and it's fun. Like, you know, he has a very middling kind of credits rating or credit amount. It's you know, see, it's Daniel and this idea that actually looking for something better out of all this, or the Bing, sorry, Bing, the character, but looking for something better out of all this, is that like you said, like you people like yourself, are you gonna? Like, I've got to go walk in the woods. Like I've got to reconnect with what is real, <laughs> to to not be lost in all this. And there's 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 few people of like, like that, and there's less people like that. I think you know, with every year, really, um, as we're just trying to survive. Hmm. Yeah, and I think this phenomenon of looking down on the janitor is also one that I think is very apt to our current circumstances. And I see so many people who are making minimum wage, or at least are certainly not getting ahead, who Mm. are so rude to a waiter or a waitress or somebody in a a queue when they finally get up there. You know, uh, it's, yeah, give me this. You know, like, what are you, what are you talking about? You would never speak to a human being this way. You clearly are relishing this kind of power that you have because you're demeaned otherwise. Mm. Um, and this way, I mean, obviously in the South, a lot of, you know, 
you know, plantations were not owned by most people. And even in the in the 1960s, you know, most white people were terribly poor in the South, but they got to look down on the blacks who had to use separate drinking fountains and, and poor facilities and everything else. And this is a system of control, right? Yes. That you give people who have so little somebody to look down on and thereby justify and feel proud of themselves, even though they're riding a stationary bike all day. Well, again, no, I hundred percent agree, hundred uh, percent. And again, I think this comes back to it's never it's never completely addressed in this, and I don't think it's fully that. There's obviously the, within Britain that we have a, quite a well we're used to quite a well defined class system, um, and this idea of looking down. I mean, there's there's always been there's the joke that was on um, a show many many years ago. You know, three characters and be like, you know, I am working class, I am middle class, and I am upper class, and I look down on him, and he looks down on him, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was even in Blackadder where Blackadder kicks the cat, and, and Baldrick complains <laughs> about him kicking the cat, and Blackadder says, "Well, he says, well, it's, it's, it's the way of the world, Baldrick. Everybody kicks down. You know, he says, I kick the cat. The cat chases the mouse. The mouse bites Baldrick. You know, sort of <laughs> Baldrick <laughs> being at the bottom of the, the bottom of the pile, but." It's true. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, and that's what this show, this episode, really highlights to me is that this desire to be that you know. Um, again, this is one of the things I think was going to, I was going to say was missing for me from this episode. Is for me, they look at this and you get fifteen million credits, and you can or merits, and you can get onto hot shots, right? Or you can just sort of survive. And there's people that have done this. Um, One of the things I feel that's missing is, like, how do they get out of this? How did they apply for these jobs? Were they just allocated these jobs? Mm. What would be a way out of this? Like, if they got to 20 million merits, could they buy Mm -hmm. their way out? And so hot, Hot Shots is almost like, Oh, Hot Shots is only 15 million, and I can, might be able to get out as a singer. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, as an alternative. Um, it doesn't feel like there's an, another way that they're choosing almost like the cheaper option. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's that you're, well, I wanted to back up and say you are very correct in saying that this rolls out pieces of this universe one at a time mm. in a in an immersive way. And I think that's something that Charlie Brooker is very good at. Mm. And we'll see that going forward in episode after episode, that it gives you all the information you need very reliably, but rolls it out a bit at a time in a way that makes you feel as if you're immersed. Yes. One thing that this episode does not give us is that wider world. And what are the classes above this? Mm. How do uh, how does one become a uh, host on Hot Shot instead of uh, somebody on a bike? Obviously, they mentioned people on bikes. So that's like the, you know, vast majority of people in this world. Right. Mm. Um but some people are janitors. You know, obviously we see somebody kind of get demoted to janitor. Um, you know, so there's some sort of mobility, but we don't understand how this works. And I think it would be it would be nice to uh, to see that. I don't know whether that's necessary, but you're right. Like, what is the what is the goal here? And if there were a, you know, 30 million option to, you know, to move somewhere else. I mean, it's not even clear that you can get a better room, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You just kind of get better video games, which by the way, is one of the weaker point of the episode, these sort of avatars that are blocky and these, the shooting game that even in 2011 is pathetic. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just so silly. I, but... I do. I do want to mention that. I want to get back. We'll come around back, back around to that in a minute, but yeah, carry, carry on. No, I mean, I was just going to say that, like you, you can't apparently buy bigger quarters. Mm-hmm. You can't sort of get out of here. And it would seem in a episode that is so good at its social satire and its social commentary of the way people look down on others and, and the way these systems um, work us against each other and resist change, including the end with the commodification of dissent. 
um, which I think is its best point, that it doesn't have that outlet outside of Hotshot so that people can say, because that's what we say over here, right? Well, you should have worked harder. Mm, exactly. If you don't like it, work hard. Well, yeah. you know, here, if you don't like it, work hard, you get a better video game, right? Yeah. That's not like getting out. No, and I think that's the one bit, I think, like I say, I agree, it's missing, like, the, like a, a a lift up. I, you, you've just struck another part, a part of my, this class thing, I think you're right. The other thing is, we only ever see cyclists and um, janitors. Where they're almost to me again, like you say, there's no supervisor character telling they just turn up to work and do their thing, like they're driven by this need for credits. Um, I don't know what drives them, you know, what makes them get there on time or what happens if they're sick or whatever. Like I say, you almost need like a supervisor character that, that treats them all like crap as well to be like, well, I look down on you for you to look down on them, them sort of thing. Because it's clearly there, this idea of being looked down upon. Because when they go to the hot shots thing, the people that work in the studio all look down on the cyclists. Like they treat them like idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it feels like there's a little bit of that missing. But this thing that we say about class, and you said to roll out the information, one of the sneaky things I think I like about, I, I agree with the graphics being pretty terrible. Um, but what I find, that I find funny, and it, you know, that is quite clever, is it's not zombies they're shooting at, it's not aliens, it's janitors, it's caretakers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so already those janitors at the bottom of the pile are demonized because you get to shoot them as part of your game. Um, and they're all fat and ra- they're not fat, but they're round and they're depicted in that way in those big yellow outfits and stuff. So they're designed to be the demonized at the bottom of society. Um mm-hmm. And so, again, it's sort of like it's not really mentioned or said, but it's a fascinating moment when you realize that, oh my God, yeah, that those poor, those poor janitors that sort of get kicked around the whole time are really the, the we feel bad for these cyclists, but they're not even the bottom of the pile. So it is interesting that, you know, those sort of, well, you said, those, this, the, the structure that's put around this works really, really well. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, we have much better idea of, of how this society works and of these dynamics and of what this episode is getting at. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the, you know, the whole hotshot thing, I, I, I guess I find it, if I could complain, I would say, uh, you know, the need to unify this with, um, you know, with, a game show like that, yeah. a reality competition show. There's a lot that works here that actually, if you took out Hotshot, I mean, it's like it's almost two episodes merged together. And that's okay. I mean, I think it works together. I just think it doesn't need to be together. Mm. Um, and, you know, I mean, and I think that it only underlines this point about like, well, that you've made about sort of how is Hotshot the only way out? Yeah. Um, well, right. And I, I guess that I'm also a little dismayed at how Bing, um, the main character, gives the 15 million credits to to Abby right away. And we're supposed to believe that that's because of him not having seen anything real and, and, and whatnot. But there is a sort of, he holds her hand. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to think that anything romantic has happened between them. But clearly he is attracted to her and would like something to happen. And he yes. is so supportive of her, you know, beautifully, wonderfully. But at the same time, there is a creepy element in which you think like, oh, is he going to hit on Abby and Abby's going to feel obligated to have sex with him because he's given her 15 million credits. That never happens. He just holds her hand. Mm. But at the same time, I, I am sort of worried that he's going to be too creepy, but I'm also worried that he's going to be too passive that he is like super passive to give a stranger 15 million credits and then never try to kiss her um, and still be messed up about her. And I don't know how relationships work in this world, but I am kind of creeped out by both sides of that. 
Well, it's you're right because I think, and I think this this is one of the things um, with the character of Bing being passive is you get certain bits of information. Like you know that his brother died and left him fifteen million cre- uh, merits. Mm-hmm. That's how he inherited that 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 money or that I don't know those merits. So he hasn't earned them himself. So he hasn't got like the same attachment to them in that sense. But yeah, this idea of like he hears Abby sing and she's like, oh my God, it's beautiful. And she's, yeah, she's a fine singer. But it's what is the, it's, it's just, is it, there's this, again, like this motivation. Like I don't see that he's browbeaten enough to see that like I've got to put something good into the world. Mm hmm. You know, he just like you say, and this is one of the things I, I often feel with um, uh, Daniel um, Kaluuya is he's got like two sets of performances. Like when I've seen him do other things, and we we talked about we, we not for the show, but he talked about sort of there was um, Nope. Mm. He, like he plays a very sort of weirdly passive character in that as well, um, and it's so it's very similar and it's kind of off putting at times. He's but he's very good in other things. Like I think he's really good in key, in uh, in Get Out, but he does have this sort of like this this trait that he seems to have been passive. And I feel the same way. That I'm like, well, I don't know what his motivation is because if she wins, mm-hmm. is he looking to ride her coattails and sort of like, you know, maybe not in a, a sexual sense, but he's like, well, if I can get her to be a celebrity, like she'll take me with take her, you know, take me with her to be her assistant or whatever. Like you know, this is my this is my get out. Like, is he being mm. more Machiavellian? Is it like a scheme? But like, it never feels that like, so yeah, it's, no, he's it doesn't. Pu- so he's pure. Okay. Well, if he's pure, like what does it give him at the end? I, it's yeah. It's, I, I don't get his motivation. So when it's corrupted, is it, it's, it's a hundred percent pure. Like this is a, a fully altruistic act that he feels is corrupted. It, it, something beautiful has been, has been sullied. It, that's the point where I'm like, oh, okay, like this is a bit fairy taleish, but yeah, and and I think that you know, I think you're right that sort of uh, Daniel Kalula uh, Kalua has sort of two modes here. One is shockingly passive, and the yeah. other is Oscar performance. You know, yeah. angry. Yeah, and and he's fantastic mm. in that moment. I mean devastatingly good you can't look away anyone in earshot stops what they're doing and comes to watch the show um that's amazing stuff but there's nothing in between and Mm -hmm. i think in retrospect obviously this was uh the end of 2011 we're now a dozen years on and in retrospect it feels a little incel yes feels you know like really this is Hey, look, I'm a lonely guy, but I mean, this is a lonely guy who like has a life. He doesn't know what any of it's about. And he hears and sees this uh, beautiful woman who he thinks has talent. And he as now we know he's hitting on her because mm-hmm. he's saying the words to her that the girl who likes him has told him. Yes. And. There's this, and I think that's very clever. I think that's very true to life. I mean, mm. I always found that it's very frustrating, but you know, I'll, <laughs> you know, it's very common that we don't like people who like us, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people fall into this trap, and it really is a trap. But you know, the, I sort of have seen this time and time again in life where there are these like long chains of people where it's like Mary just took John out for a meal. John has a day tomorrow with um yes. know, with Barbara and he's paying for her meal. Barbara is in love with Bob and is going to go to his house later and cook him a meal, you know. And it's like Bob is secretly having an affair with someone and it just goes on and on and on mm. in a way that is really upsetting. But anyway, I really like that that dynamic there. But it's clear that he's a little creepy. I mean, that's a little bit of a liar kind of you know, kind of creepy thing yes. to do. Uh, he's trying to impress her, um, but also too shy to make a move and ultimately is willing to, we assume, really go through and kill himself 
and bust his butt to make a statement about how she's been corrupted. Um, well, that's really creepy to put her on a pedestal as if she was the Thank one you. good, beautiful thing. He does. He puts her on a pedestal, and obviously they've chosen a very pretty actress, and and it's made you know they make a point of that. And she has a very good voice when she sings, and um, uh, it's this thing of you know why why is she put on this pedestal? You, you say about this incel thing, um. What, it's again, it comes back to this idea of motivation. Like he's put on a pedestal, he idolizes her as a way of this beautiful thing. I mean, it's you know when I when I see the actress, I'm thinking, okay, you've made her look very sort of Snow White. She looks, you know, she's she is very sort of English rose, you know, kind of. I'd expect to see her in some sort of period drama, like costume drama or something like that. She has that very typical look. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, you've you've sort of put her on this pedestal. But you don't know her, and this, you know you see about this sort of this thing of creepy. So this, so this anger at what happens to her, um, it, it is also kind of creepy and misplaced. Because mm-hmm. what I what I think is, she, so she is sort of, I don't know if it's about bullied, but is definitely sort of railroaded a little bit into the option. She's you're a great singer, but you know we've got enough singers. So what? But you, you're very attractive, got a cracking body. So we want you on our pornography stream and that's what she ends up choosing and he's upset by that and but what what's more concerning to me is when you learn about how this thing works and that the wraith judge wraith says um you will never you know you will basically live in a dream and never feel anything but pleasure and sort of stuff and it's but it's it's you know it's not sexual do you know what I mean? Like it's not. He's, he's basically saying mm. you're going to be sedated throughout the lot, so <laughs> you're not going to feel anything. And then when the video is streamed and it shows the trailer or sort of the commercial for her, be her first sort of you know pornographic film, which is it is, it's not graphic anymore, but it's it's very sort of quite disturbing. She's clearly sedated. Yeah, she does seem out of it. Um, and you know, she's slightly similar words, and she's sort of the way it's been done. And it's again, it's it's not the fact, and this is the thing that sort of got to me. It's not the fact that this woman has been uh, railroaded into these sort of like basically sort of be, to being sedated and then being forced into these sexual acts that has angered him. It's that his ideal of something good has been corrupted. And again, it's like this idea. It's kind of selfish that, like, by the end of it, Abby's not the point. Yeah, you know, because you're you led sort of. And I was like, oh, "This is the first time I've ever really re- realized it." Watching this, I was like, "Oh, Abby could have been anybody. Like, mm-hmm. Abby's not that important to him. It's just something that feels good in this mundane world." Yeah. Oh, Bing's not actually a good person. No, he's not. No, that's a very I, – I think that's taking it the next level. I, I hadn't thought about that. But that's completely correct, right? I mean, she is a high school crush, right? Mm. She is the – my life sucks. I'm attracted to this person. Well, I mean, she is – you know, I mean, to tie this back to our media culture, she is every celebrity that somebody had a crush on and thinks they know, right? Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't actually know this person, dude. Like, this is not – this don't make don't make this person your rose in a field of shit. You mm. know, your life's not going to be better until your life's better. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, and I think you know, again, when when you watch this as a sort of casual viewing, like he then spends however long. I think it's supposed to be several seasons. So you know, it's some because it shows like yeah, because yeah, it's like the 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 cycling. I like the fact the cycling has now got snow on it and stuff. Um. He gains his 15 million merits by sort of like, you know, not eating, using minimal sort of energy and all this other stuff going on. And then he goes on, he's like building up this dance routine. But then when he does get on um, and he, he gives this, as you say, fantastic performance, this this monologue of, of rage and frustration. Um, It's the fact that when he's confronted about it, like they're like, all right, what what are you gonna do next? And he's a bit like, oh, I don't really know. I haven't got to that point. Yeah. Um, 
you know, to, or tell us what you're feeling is it lets it all out. It, it, it all feels a little bit like, um, again, it's, it's, it's him, isn't it? It's like a falling down with Michael Douglas. It's that sort of like, I'm just really angry about everything. Yeah. And this is the sort of the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. Um, and it feels yeah. very um, premeditated, obviously. You know, like he spent time doing this. And I, I, I'm, I want to be careful how we put it this way. If he was in modern culture, what would he be doing otherwise? Would this be someone that gets a gun and walks into a populated area or, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the other comparison besides falling down, which I think is, you know, a fascinating movie, um, is Network. Um, mm. You know, and there it's much it's cl much clearer that the ranting character has a mental illness. Yeah. Um, but his rants still touch a nerve and still get commodified, right? Yeah. By yeah. A, a society eager to hear these things because they do touch a nerve because not everything's well. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I did kind of wonder why, it's so premeditated premeditated. You spent all that time earning these new 15 million merits and you haven't planned a speech at all. Like mm. he kind of might know the gist of what he's going to say, but haven't you thought about it in your head ahead of time? Like I might not write down a speech. I might not rehearse it. Um, but also, but also I'm an accomplished public speaker. Like yeah. I, I can't imagine somebody who's not, who's so shy being so articulate when they go off. Um, but especially for somebody who has spent all of those months learning how to dance from scratch. Like, let's yeah. not, let's not overlook this fact. In fact, he has no talent. Mm. He has no talent. He has taught himself a talent in order to do it on this show prior to murdering himself uh, on air um, and ranting. I, it's a little strange to me. Why did you learn the talent? Yeah, yeah, what's the point? Like, go straight to pulling out the, the glass. <laughs> right, like, um, just tell them that you're a dancer or something, and they never, obviously, they never hear you sing. They never see you dance. It's any part of it. It's just based on 15 million merits. You didn't have to have this dance bit. No, it does feel a bit superfluous, doesn't it? I mean, it's a bit <laughs> like, we want to see Daniel uh, Kaluuya um, dancing around the stage. <laughs> so we're gonna yeah. have this, we're gonna have this moment, and then it will turn into this. Uh, I think the idea is it's supposed to be shocking, but it's not because you've already seen him pick up the mm. shard of glass, so you sort of know what's coming. Um, well, actually, it's less shocking to me because I assume, even even knowing the plot, every time I watch it, I assume he's going to kill uh, one of the judges, presumably mm. Rafe. Um, why wouldn't you kill Rafe? Yeah. Because you're so passive, you you're gonna kill yourself on TV and get Yeah, I know that that's the well yeah, I mean I, I, the whole bit with the whole and also like you say the performance, the monologue's very good. <coughs> um and and then it is the fact it gets commodified so quickly and he accepts it so quickly. Because there are it's this it's the ultimatum he gets given. Rupert Everett as as Judge Hope. You know, and uh, you know, he's obviously playing like the Simon Cowell kind of thing, but it's like that is the most um, mm, you know, heartfelt, yeah. passionate thing I've seen ever. And he's like, I'm going to give you two half an hour slots, two 30 minute slots on my network a week. And Bing's like, you know, sort of the, 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 the comeback is from again, it's Judge Charity who sort of chimes in, who's like, well, it's either that or the cycles. And I'm going, Hang on, like no, there's got to be some. He's, he's got a he's got a blade of a shard of glass. Like, what, <laughs> is there not some like security that's going to come yeah. in and he's going to get arrested or like what? There's no comeuppance for this. Like this is bizarre. Um, yeah, it's the like I say it leads to the commodification, which is I, I get, but. Yeah, I was puzzled by the security, too. I mean, you know, each time I watch this, I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, he says, don't come any closer, you know. Um, he has this line there. But then we never actually see the security that he's worried about. And, I mean, I'm willing to go along with him 
being commodified that quickly because it's kind of like okay well what am i gonna do i'm gonna kill myself does he really want to do that i don't think so so i mean i'm okay with that but you're right that it's very strange there's no other option besides being a cyclist or famous right there's nothing Mm. in between um it's also strange to me how do they not know that like there's a new judge the new porn judge um means that they're not taking singers anymore like the season has already started i mean i guess they're not watching the show that they pay 15 million credits to go on to i don't yeah there is these gaps the plot holes of like you know yeah they would have known but again the thing they keep hyping is this previous winner um Mm -hmm. uh, i can't remember the character's name but there's a there's a previous winner, isn't there? Selma. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I want to be as big as Selma and this other stuff. So there's this, I, this, this upper, this, this thing to reach for this target character. Um, so that, that's the sort of thing they're looking for. So I assume, you know, I suppose that's the thing. Well, I've come on as a singer. I want to be a singer. Um, but the, 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 you're right. that Everyone should be watching this. Like, has nobody else been sort of like, pushed into the the pornographic route is there anybody else that's already been sure. you know already had this happen is this the first one is this the, you know they is this the first round or whatever um and she she won like is that it like they don't seem there doesn't appear to be like you know with with a lot of these there's like you know they go into rounds and they go to a grand final like there doesn't seem to have been it's just like straight from the the opening episode to cool go join the porn channel like it's it's a little bit you know quick yeah um so yeah the the, the structure yeah. of the show doesn't seem to make a great deal of sense um no i agree i agree i mean I, i'd also say that him being able to earn that other 15 million credits like it's done in a montage mm-hmm. but if he's able to earn that that quickly I know the show hasn't given us another mechanism to get out of the sh- it besides Hotshot, but if he's able to earn, I took it, there's an earlier line where they say that's like six months work. Mm-hmm. So, And we know that that tattoo sort of, um, you know, burn on the hand is, takes about two months to fade, and we see yeah. that it's faded. So my guess is it's something on the order of six months, but if you're able to earn that in six months, why is everybody else so horrible at earning money? And isn't this actually kind of like an upwardly mobile society? I mean, anything you can buy with credits, with merits, you can buy relatively quickly, right? Yeah. 15 million is a lot to them. It's about six months. If somebody said to a worker at McDonald's, like in six months, you could totally escape this life. We'd be like, that sounds like a utopia. Yeah, yeah, but then that's the thing. But there's no alternative, is it? There's no out. Like they seem very tied to this thing. Um, I, I don't know. It's that thing, like you say. There's no because there's no other alternative. That's like the thirty million, the twenty five million, or whatever. Like that could get them out. That's that they're choosing not to work towards. Um, and they are taking, like you say, they're taking the easier route out. Feels you know that that sort of is where I don't know. I think it feels like it's it's a bit of a um a cop out really um yeah but well, what are your thoughts about the ending let's get to the ending so so he obviously is he gets given a show that we then see um dustin the, the obnoxious one is watching um and the, so is the the ginger guy colin so they're actually watching this his new show what are your yeah, thoughts I about think the way that it works ends? brilliantly i think i think it is really fantastic in terms of how it de- depicts that uh, commodification of dissent, right? Mm. That, um, you know, I it's not perfect, but the idea that, right, we, we then sell you the feeds to complain about the feeds that you don't like <laughs> yeah. is, is really quite brilliant. I mean, the thing that I don't like about it is that he apparently holds the shard to his neck as a gimmick during mm. every rant, that seems a little over the top. You know, like that gimmick would wear off pretty fast. Um, but I like that that uh, Dustin sort of douchebag 
uh, sees a clip of him of Bing, and that we Bing stops being the main character at that point. I mm. think that's quite brilliant. And we see Dustin see it, and Dustin, for all of his stupidity, goes, "Yeah, that's right." And then just cuts back to a feed of him, you know, yeah. uh, tracking along, and clearly nothing has changed. So I think all of that is well done, with the exception of, you know, how over the top the shard twice a week. Really, you're do, really doing a rant at that level twice a week with a shard of glass at your neck. So, and and he, not only that, but he threatens to kill himself at the end of that rant. He's well, like, I'm going to do it now, and then and then it cuts, right? Yeah. Well, no, it's just, it's just, you know, it's like, it's like I, I could, yeah, I can't tolerate this anymore, and it sort of stops us until next week or till the next episode. Um, what's interesting about the end though is, as you said, like he has a you know a bigger, he's finally got that bigger room. He's now obviously got that. Um, he's got like a a version of his cell the TV cell that he had in his new accommodation, which is where he does his streaming from. Um, and it is, so it is a stream. It's not a studio because that's the rest of it is his house. Cause then he walks out, he's got a bathroom. He gets the orange juice. And he looks out over those. Well, I'll, we'll talk. I want to quickly question about those, but he basically looks out over a bunch of trees, but he's still alone. Yeah. There's no sort of like pandering um, uh, entourage or, Anyone else going like fantastic? Oh, you're amazing! Like, if it, it's he's still alone, he's still got the fresh orange juice because obviously there's a the whole discussion about choosing better mm. things for you. Um, but he's still alone and he's obviously looking out over those trees. Um, and again, I'm like, are the trees trying to say like they're obviously they're producing green energy, so the trees are all sort of surviving, or are they even windows? Is that just another yeah. set of? view screens that are you know producing something for him to look at i don't know i i thought that they were windows but also had the same question mm. yeah i don't know i mean he's he's still alone I, again it's this sort of like well it's better than where i was at um you know and sort of thought of what are you willing to tolerate you know how much do we tolerate before we have a revolution right before society yeah. breaks down and obviously the answer is a lot yeah. and and the but the ways that we tolerate based are really forms of bread and circuses right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like if we yes obviously we're living under an emperor in ancient rome it's despicable we're subject to the whims of the magistrates and you know there's literally feces and urine flowing through the streets and you know, there are fires every few years that kill thousands of people. But, you know, on the other hand, we've got gladiators killing each other. And at least you're not a slave or a gladiator. Um, and today, you know, it's like, well, yes, I can't pay the rent without putting it on credit card. Um, I have no hope of ever owning a home. Um, I have no hope of putting my kids through college because I can't pay for the rent let alone their college um i'm desperate but you know when's that new video game coming out and hey i heard that uh atman is coming out on disney yeah. plus soon you know and this is true we see that enthusiasm that giddiness mm. in response to these things by people who really you think like really are you that you know, do you have room for that giddiness in your life? I mean, I'm glad <laughs> for anything that makes somebody happy, but you know, it's so hard to take up that revolutionary Molotov cocktail, right? Yeah. Knowing what's probably going to happen to you if you're the first. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Well, what I do like is that you know, obviously, at the end of this episode, this commodification of, of dissent, as you say, is, is important and clearly happens. But one of the things is I'm I'm glad he doesn't become a Katniss Everdeen. Like he's not like oh he's going to lead a rebellion now. Like he's become mm. like a, a symbol of dissent across the other thing, and this whole structure is going to fall apart. It is very much like you said; it just absorbs it, and it, you know he actually becomes a part of that system um, because that's what we do. We just keep going day to day and just hope that you know we have a, a relatively okay day so that we can get on to the next day and do the same. Mm -hmm the same shit again jump on that cycle and just keep going um 
So yeah, well, the, and that that symbol for the revolution is the American ending, right? Mm. That's the American ending of like, yeah, we might even have the same scene with a bicycle, uh, and with um, uh, and with Dustin, but there'd be a scene of like uh, Bing's face being spray painted on a brick on the street or something, and it'd be like, oh, the revolution's brewing. Exactly. Yeah, that would be thing. He'd have. Yeah, he's he's instigated something, um, and it just. I'm glad that it isn't that. Like you said, the, that moment is Dustin looking at it and going like, "Yeah," and then moving on to watching whatever show that he's watching or the pornography or anything like that. The, so, yeah, I like the fact it's it's a lot more weirdly by having a, a science fiction. Um, environment and you know uh, and world it actually feels a lot closer to reality than possibly the first one did mm. um so yes okay any fi- any final thoughts then for um 15 million merits yeah one thing that's always fascinated me about this um you know is that i think it's both a sort of depiction of this uh sort of iPad obsessed culture and sort of, you know, um, you know, the whole, the whole merit system and merged with hotshot and reality television, which don't necessarily go together. But there's a third strain in my mind, which is mind altering drugs that mm. really goes back to, um, you know, everybody likes to talk about 1984, but really that's the key trait of uh, Brave New World, where they have Soma which is what, you know, gives people not just happiness, but this sort of mind-altering religious experience mm. um, and, you know, keeps them sort of compliant. Here we have that compliance, which is not totally clear what it is. It's this sort of carton that Abby has to drink before she goes on stage that nobody warns them about, right? There's no, like, disclosure that you're yeah. going to have to do this. And while we're never told what it is, it's clear that it somehow makes them more compliant or chill. More docile, I suppose, yeah. But, but, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to do that. I mean, if somebody is rehearsed as a singer, the last thing you want to do is introduce psychotropic substances before they go on stage to perform in real time. I mean, I don't know how this works, but clearly it's important. Um I don't think well, it's it not. Anything. It's not though, because he doesn't. We never get to see him right. take it for his performance. Well, but the question is, could he have done his rant if he wasn't on it? If he was on, go mm. in the compliance box that she drank in order to get on stage and do the performance. So I think, and then we find out what you're talking about, Abby being kind of um, dosed and kind of docile and and messed up in those porn videos. She, which I would also complain are type quite tame. Mm -hmm. um, She is told by Wraith, like, if you're worried about shame and all of those sorts of feelings, don't. We'll give you these drugs. Um, And I'm not sure that those drugs are 100%. Obviously, there's a sort of rapey aspect to them here. Mm -hmm. You know, she is then dosed and you know you were talking about this earlier there's this sort of bad aspect to that but this need not be entirely bad i think it's a much bigger problem that she's not making a choice to be a porn star if she's on a drug this compliance yes that's a really good point actually the effect of so i think that in in terms of we know that there are a multitude of drugs that are used Mm. in this in this world to regulate mood, but they're not part of the life of the main characters on a daily basis. Mm. And so I find myself wondering about that, wondering if that's in the drugs, in the food that they're given that's artificial, um, and wondering, you know, to me this is a whole third strain of science fiction that's in this episode that is, like, so barely there that I want it to be more and it's barely touched on. No, that's a really good point because it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of, I say it's alluded to, but never explained or never explored, is it? Because I've never thought about that, that 
yeah, she takes this compliance and then is quite easily um, driven to make the decision about being a porn star. But like, you know, what does this drug do? Because then we see others, like say Bing going off on one with his, his rant. But then we also see the character Glee, that the woman who keeps getting told to wait and she's there forever, basically perpetually in the waiting room, finally getting to sing and she's terrible and she gets told she's terrible. Well, she then gets to, to rant back and say like, it's my destiny and I'm the great singer and all this other stuff. And again, you say like, yeah, if there's that drug, what's the purpose of that drug then? Is it to, is it to to subside nerves and and make them a little bit more confident or is it to make them a little more compliant i don't know um but what purpose does it serve yeah it's an interesting one um yeah because it there's no other there's no other mention of real drugs this i like what you're saying about this the thing about these and often in these these things of like controlled societies there is this thing about the use of drugs um, you you know you say Brave New World, a, a rip off of that being Equilibrium with 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 Christian Bale. Um, does a very similar sort of thing. This sort of like mood suppressants and stuff. Um, and even THX did it. Well, you know, it's also there into Android Stream Electric. Sheet, yeah, even if it's not in Blade Runner, I love you know how they use those dials in mm. uh, do Android Stream of Electric Sheet. Um. You know, there, that's a main thrust of the plot, mm. at least in the sort of B plot. Um, and here is just kind of something in the background. But you're right, that rant at the end, sort of, you know, of the the girl with the uh, white hair sort of indicates, well, what is the point of this compliance if, if you, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, it's it's very strange. And I feel like, you know, if are we supposed to think that it's in their food, in which case is part of the point when he drinks the orange juice at the end? Like, does it have or does it not have the compliance in it? I, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm thinking too hard. No, I think we are. I think maybe it might even be that there's because there's a lot in this show. It may well have been a part of, an, you know, more a part of an earlier draft. Yep. And yep. there was a thing of like, right, well, that's too complicated or that's there's too much going on here there's you know let's let's drop all this but this one reference to this compliance drug is not dropped it was it was still shot and they're like oh really should probably cut that out but um it does it yeah it feels like they should, it should have a bigger piece to this and i i'd be interested to see if it was yeah that's what it feels yeah, like. probably they said you know it's already 62 minutes so you know we got a cut i yeah. don't know or it's too I'll, dense, you know, because like you say, there's bits to explain it, but yeah. All but, I know uh, is I want to get uh, merits. I want to get paid to ride a bicycle. I mean, <laughs> you do realize like basically this is go to the gym to make your money. <laughs> like that sounds awesome. Well, that, that's the other thing as well. Actually, one of the things that we talk about, because she talks about him eating fast food and she talks about, well, you know, you make a better choice because she eats healthier. But I'm like, yeah, he eats, he eats bad, you know, not particularly great food, but he's still cycling for like eight hours a day. <laughs> so it's not ter- it's not that terrible. So what they've done is they've created a sort of a, a, a sub um, set of of, of culture, subset of society that's incredibly fit. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, and yeah, you know, if the revolution involves running a lot, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you know, if they all stopped cycling, like, what happens? Could they go on strike and be like, "We're not going to cycle anymore"? Um, yeah, they're unified or whatever. I don't know. There's interesting parts to that as well. Anyway, we'll bring this episode to a close. Uh, so for now, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, hop on your bikes and uh, come and talk to us. Uh, <laughs> find us at, at Pod Time Space and let us know what do you think of uh, the second episode. Uh, 15 million merits of Black Mirror. Uh, do you like it? Do you think it's as, um, as good as, better than the first episode? Um, does it stand out to you? And what have your thoughts on it? Come let us know. And if you like what we're doing, as, well, as always, leave a review. We greatly appreciate any reviews that we get. And if you really like what we're doing, check out our Patreon. There's a link down below. Uh, www.patreon.com forward slash 20cgmedia. Um, But yeah, for now, Julian, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys very much, and we shall talk to you soon on the next episode. streams.